After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. everyone, J.J. Cooper, Kyle Glazer here on a Baseball America playoff podcast after a unreal, surreal uh, Wednesday, I guess would be the way to put it. We had two games. They were as opposite as two games could be. Um, we have two teams moving on. We have the Nats and the Cardinals moving on. And they got there in very different ways. So we will start with we actually, we're going to start with this. I'm going to pose this question to you, Kyle. I, we're not original on doing this. I've seen this question multiple people asking on Twitter. We were talking about it in the break room. But if you're a fan, would you rather be in the position of a Braves fan at home, sitting, getting into your seat, and watching a game be over, your team being basically knocked out before you ever saw your team bat, or would it be better or worse to be a Dodgers fan, to have the lead, to watch your franchise icon, who is one of the greatest players in team history, have yet another very difficult, rough outing that basically blows the lead, and then to see a grand slam knock you out? Which would you prefer? Well, first of all, I'm happy to be back on the playoff podcast. It's been a while. This whole time change things messes it up, and I'm on about four hours of sleep, so hopefully I can give you a yes. coherent answer. I, uh, For me, not that you want to be in either position, I think I would rather be in the Braves fan position. And the reason I say that is, for me, that's one where, look, your pitchers just did not pitch well. Mike Fultonevich did not pitch well. Max Fried did not pitch well. It stinks, but that's an easier pill to swallow for me than watching your manager just absolutely mismanage the game in the final innings. This one is on Dave Roberts, which we'll get into more. I have a lot to say about this. Uh, But just, again, you don't want to ever be in either spot, but players going out and just not performing as much as it stinks is an easier pill for me to swallow then your manager, again, failing to put your players in the best position to succeed. And, I mean, just absolutely putting on a clinic in bullpen mismanagement. To me, that is harder to accept. In, in the Braves game, the Cardinals got all the runs they needed on walks with the bases loaded. That's to, – to, to just sum up just how bad that game was for the Braves. Like, again – 
you know, records were set. Uh, it, it was, we, uh, we will not, there, there's just not that much to really analyze in that game because, again, by the, by the time Flaherty took the mound in the bottom of the first, he himself had already scored as many runs as his team would give up over the course of the game. The only decision that seemed to really be left in that game was, do you pull Flaherty quickly so that he's ready to come back more quickly in the NLCS, or do you let him go deep? And I get, I understand there is a logic to be said for the fact that seemingly anyone, including potentially your best position player pitcher, should be able to piece together enough to hold on to what eventually, you know, was a 12-run lead. However, I also do understand managers as a rule are absolutely, they're risk-averse people. You want to win the game that you have to win first, and you worry about everything else second. And the reality of it is, is that while some people may complain today they should have pulled Flaherty so he'd be ready to go maybe game two of the NLCS, the reality is, is Mike Schultz could also go today going, you know what? The only thing at, in that game that could have destroyed me is if is the reality is, is if somehow we'd have blown that lead. And that did not happen, did not come close to happening. Do you think, though, that they should have pulled uh, you know, Flaherty early? I don't have an issue with it. I think it's kind of funny that people have made that an issue on social media. I think people sometimes just need something to argue about or talk about. To me, what would have put the Cardinals in the worst possible position going into the NLCS was if they did use seven different relievers. So now all of a sudden you're opening game one with, you know, most of your bullpen a little bit tired, especially, you know, not knowing if you're going to have to fly across the country at that point. Yeah, let your starter go five innings. In this case, they let them go six. Three relievers get one inning each. And now you're going to go into game one with four or five other relievers, fresh, ready to go, no problem. And you can keep Flaherty on a semi-regular schedule of rest. I have no problem with the Cardinals making that play there. Again, you can argue, okay, should Flaherty have gone five or six, but people suggesting let Flaherty go one inning or two and then bullpen it from there. No, your bullpen arms are going to get worn out that way unnecessarily. Keep them fresh. Let everyone stay on the normal schedule. I'm fine with it. Again, congrats to the Cardinals. and, And you mentioned Flaherty. Uh, scoring more runs than, than he would allow uh, up to that point. Biggest thing for me, I talk about Fulton Evich and Freed not pitching well. I mean, Max Freed walking Flaherty. I, I mean, that to me was just symbolic of how bad things had gotten for the Braves pitching in that first inning. Um, again, you give the Cardinals credit. I, I picked them before the season to get to the World Series because I thought this was a team built well for the postseason with a lineup one through nine or one through eight, I should say, of guys that can hurt you. A deep will of arms. They were going to be able to pull up from AAA. We've seen that with Ryan Helsley and Hedges Cabrera, uh, Dakota Hudson in the rotation this year. Uh, this is a good Cardinals team that I think is better than their 91 would suggest just because a lot of their hitters slumped through a lot of the year. Um, I, before the series, we made the prediction. I think I said I picked the Braves at 50.1%, the Cardinals at 49.9%. This was an even series. And it just really did come down to who played better baseball. And that was the Cardinals at key moments. We saw that in game four, uh, Marcelo Zuna beating out a double play ball to make it 
first and third, uh, set up Yanni Molina's sack fly opportunity. That's a little thing that makes a huge difference. And I think you give the Cardinals credit. And again, the Braves, I, people are going to yell about Brian Snicker. People were yelling about the whole tomahawk chop. That, that's None of that's why they lost. They lost because their pitchers did not pitch well in a big spot. And that's sports. That happens. And now the Braves just have to take this anger and channel it for next year. The, the one other thing to note with that uh, as we kind of wrap up for the Braves as far as their 2019 season is Brian McCann announced as soon as the game was over uh, that basically that he was retiring, which he retires as, as very probably the best catcher that in, in he's the best catcher in Atlanta Braves history and arguably the best catcher in Braves history. I mean, there, you can make the argument for that. Um, obviously this, this is a Braves team that, it is set up to make multiple trips like this. Uh, there's no reason that this team should not be uh, a playoff contender again next year. But at the same time, if you're a Braves fan, I, I would call that the second uh, most gut-wrenching loss of the Braves for, for Braves fans in the playoffs of the 21st century. I still would go with the 18-inning uh, the loss to the Astros in a deciding game where Spark. Chris Burke hits the homer. But the more importantly in that game, where they had a five-run lead, I believe it was, in the bottom of the eighth, gave up a grand slam in the eighth, still had a lead in the ninth, and then Farnsworth gives up a home run in the ninth to send it to extra innings. So I I would say that 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 was worse. But that was along the lines of what we had at the Dodgers Nats game, Kyle, that you were at. I will just cede the floor to you because you seem to have some very strong opinions about the bullpen management that the Dodgers had in that game. Obviously, I will set you up by saying this. Steven Strasburg ran into some trouble early and then was Steven Strasburg. And to, I mean, it was debated at the time, but to Martinez's credit, came up with two men on in the fifth bottom the top of the fifth? Uh, yeah, it was the uh, the top of the fifth, and he ended up striking out. Nats had two on, no out, got nothing out of it. and, and Try, was- You know, and tried to bunt, which, uh, as I tweeted at the time, yeah, you tried to bunt against Walker Bueller throwing 98-mile-an-hour fastballs just on the outer edge of the strike zone. I mean, that's a, a very tough assignment. But, but Dave Martinez decided, hey, I am going to – I would rather keep Strasburg in – then for multiple more innings rather than make this my you know my roll of the dice to try to really tie this game and Strasburg basically made that worthwhile by pitching continuing to pitch well getting multiple more innings but when what when he left when Walker Bueller left in the matchup of aces the Dodgers won that the Do- I mean the Dodgers Walker Bueller was was great again and and then it, uh, it, it, it went well for the Nationals and sideways for the Dodgers. And I hand it over to you on what you thought about all that. So you've been in a lot of press boxes covering a lot of games. There's absolutely games where something happens, you know, talk about how in hindsight they should have done X or Y. Then there's other games where things are happening. And as they're happening, everyone is looking around, you know, men who have covered baseball for 40 plus years. And everyone's looking around going, what the heck is he doing? There's seeing things and, oh, in hindsight that didn't work and seeing things as they're unfolding and everyone in the stadium knowing that they're just completely screwing this up. The latter was happening last night. So 
for me, there's, there's two parts to this. Walker Bueller goes six and two thirds, gets pulled. Clayton Kershaw comes in to face Adam Eaton in a big spot in the seventh. Kershaw, three pitches, gets the strikeout. Awesome. Great. The Dodgers have escaped. They're going to the eighth inning. They, they didn't score uh, in the bottom of that inning. That was part of this. The Dodgers got three runs in the first two innings, and then the offense completely went back to sleep, and that is an issue not involving the The, the Nationals' bullpen was great. We have, to, we have to include that. The Nationals' bullpen allowed, I believe, one hit. That's it. You know, four guys, one hit. Yep, Daniel Hudson allowed a hit uh, the ninth, and that was it. So going into that eighth inning, again, Kershaw comes in, you get Adam Eaton, and you're all set. He sent Kershaw back out, which was an enormous, enormous, enormous mistake because you're leading off with Anthony Rendon there. Your Nats are going to go there with Rendon, I sorry, Rendon, Soto, Kendrick. It's really, really, really simple what the Dodgers do here. They go Joe Kelly for Rendon, Adam Collar for Juan Soto, bring in Kenta Maeda to get the final four outs. Or you can go the other way and go Maeda for Rendon if you want, Kolarik for Soto, and Joe Kelly the final four outs. This was really simple. It was not complicated. So what does Roberts do? He sends Kershaw out to face Rendon, gives up the homer. At that exact moment, even though Kershaw's had some okay success against Soto this series, this is a starter. He's had some good relief appearances in the past, but we've talked about this a lot, that Clayton Kershaw uh, is declining a little bit every single year. This is not the same Clayton Kershaw that was even trotting out of the bullpen in D.C. three years ago in 2016. So at that well, point, you have The reality have to, is, is this is he's the third best starting pitcher that the Dodgers have had this year. And this is exactly what you got Adam Kolarik, who's been great against Juan Soto this entire postseason. The second Kershaw goes out and gives a home run to Rendon, he shouldn't have been in there in the first place. The second that happens, you need to yank him, you go Kolarik, and then you can finish it out with one of Maeda or Kelly to gain the final four Which, outs. Which, which, let me note, the whole thing Dave Roberts said is he did not want Kenta Maeda to face Juan Soto. But you're talking about here is a scenario where you could both not have Kenta Maeda face Juan Soto because you could use Caleric. And then having knowing you're not going to face Soto for nine more batters, you know, eight more batters after that, I should say. Eight, you know, he will have to go the entire lineup through. You could then hand it over to Maeda and say, here you go. The Dodgers had literally their entire bullpen available at this point. Kershaw was the first man out of the bullpen. The Dodgers had had a day off, so a lot of these guys, no no one was going to be pitching back-to-back days here. Literally the entire bullpen was available. He chose the single worst option here to go and let Kershaw face both these guys. It went poorly, which was not a shock given everything that had unfolded to that point. This series, knowing who Kershaw is as a pitcher right now, and it was just a disaster. But then he compounded it. And to me, this was so that was a really, really bad decision. The second half of this to me, and, and I've generally been a Dave Roberts defender. I think he's gotten a lot of unfair criticism. The Rich Hill decision in 2017 was something that came, uh, you know, it, that involved management as a whole. And that wasn't just him. That was, I don't put that on him entirely. In 2018, he had he didn't have enough options to work with. The Red Sox were a better team. Nothing he was going to do was going to help them win that World Series in terms of bullpen management. What he did last night in the 10th inning is a fireball offense. And, and I say that as a guy who hates calling for people's jobs because I don't think it's the right thing to do. But if you're a manager in 2019 – Running a bullpen efficiently and effectively is your single most important job along with making sure the clubhouse is running smoothly. 
Dave Roberts failed to do that in epic proportions in the 10th inning. Sending Joe Kelly out to start the 10th inning was a horrendous, inexcusable decision. Again, by this point, Maeda has been used, but you still have other guys in your bullpen that you can turn to. Then this, when Joe Kelly walked Adam Meaton to lead off the 10th, the second-year guy in his second inning of work in a do-or-die game walks the leadoff hitter. You have to go get him. There is no excuse. I mean, not a single excuse in the book for Joe Kelly to be left in after walking the leadoff hitter. Go get Pedro Baez. Go get Dustin May. Go get any of the arms left in your bullpen. Kenley At Jansen. that point, even Kenley Jansen, who has had issues, is a better bet. Again, if you wanted to go Baez for Rendon, then again, Adam Kolarik for Juan Soto. Right, and you then, still have not used your Kolarik card. Right. And then you have – and then you can go to get Kenley Jansen with how, to go get Howie Kendrick. Again – the absolute worst thing that they could have done is what Dave Roberts did. And then on top of all this, I'm, we're all watching this unfold. And then he intentionally walks Soto again when you have Adam Cleric ready in the bullpen. Then he gives up the grand slam. And then he still left him in, even after all that. He got Ryan Zerman, gave up a hit to Jan Gomes, and then he went and pulled him. I mean, it was, it was comical if it wasn't so stunning. So for me, if I, you know, and the Dodgers last night, you know, I went to the Nats clubhouse, got the story about how, you know, this was the team after this decade, you know, here the final year of the decade finally gets over the hump. But I mean, look, Walker Bueller was in tears. Clayton Kershaw was, was absolutely sitting there opening up, owning up saying, you know, I have to, you know, the postseason, it is what it is. I have to own that. But this one's on Dave Roberts, um, you know, and, and it kind of frustrated me. A lot of uh, national types responded to the, the game saying things like, oh, you know, the playoffs are a crapshoot. Talent has nothing to do with it, which is a whole other rant that I, I'm going to save for another day. Uh, it irritates me when I see that narrative. That's not what this was. This was a manager actively mismanaging his team out of the postseason. And that, to me, is the cardinal sin. Um, so, I, again, I, I want to give the Nationals a ton of credit. This is a good team who has fought tooth and nail since May, keeps coming up with ways to win. They pitched really, really well last night after the first two innings. They hit really, really well in big situations where the game counted. Give the Nationals credit. But the door was opened by Dave Roberts' bullpen mismanagement. And that, to me, is, is inexcusable in this in this scenario, game five at home, you have six outs away, nursing a two-run lead when you have a better team. Th- this one is on Roberts, and I-, I would not be shocked if the Dodgers called him in today and said, we've got to fire you. For all the good he's done, and he's done a lot of good, what took place last night was an embarrassment. And if that's going to continue, you know, there's a certain level of job performance you have to have in any job. And managing a bullpen is so central to what managers do today. That was such a failure of job performance that it it was a it is a fireable offense. Man, Kyle bringing some heat today. Um, I you know again I I think that there are two times that I would agree with you. Two times like it it the three things that baffled me was one Adam Kolarik never faced Juan Soto last night, which was baffling to me because they have 
they had someone who is basically the perfect scenario. That, that's that in, in, in either of those innings, Adam Kolarik versus Juan said was a matchup you want. Two, that I know, I mean, the reality of it is, is, is that when you get to extra innings, I know that managers in the back of their head worry, you know, we may run out of pitching. Again, I brought up the 18-inning Astros-Braves game. That said, as you just noted, they, they had, uh, for one, everyone is available. It's a game five. But for two, you had, okay, if you wanted, if your worry was that, you could go Jansen, you could go Baez, and then if you get to like the 12th inning, you could just hand the ball to Dustin May and say, Dustin, we're expecting, we're hoping to get six out of you. You know, like you're going to be in here for the totality until this gets to, you know, sometime on Thursday afternoon, basically. And they have a guy who can do that because he is both talented and stretched out enough to where he could throw more than one or two innings. Ross Stripling is there too, by the way. You talk about long mm-hmm. relief. Ross Stripling's there too. I mean, yeah, they so they have... had, so it was not something where they, they didn't have to do this because, and not only that, but they also didn't really go deep into their bench either. It wasn't, they weren't in a 10th inning, we've run out of players scenario. They weren't coming from behind where you have basically scrambled to do everything you can just to get it to extra innings. And then you're trying to make it up on the fly. They were in the good scenario here. We, we just laid out exactly what should have been done. We gave exactly the scenarios that should have played out. You knew it. I knew it. Everyone in the ballpark knew it, except for the guy running the team. And again, that's that's a hard pill to swallow, I think, if you're a Dodger fan. It's a hard way to end a 106-win season. But um, we do need, you know, we're trying to keep these relatively, I don't know, you've got to run too. So the, the one thing I'll just end it with, kind of looking ahead to today, what do you think happens uh, Astros race? I'm the wrong guy to ask. I, I, as we've discussed uh, in the earlier postseason podcast, literally everything I've predicted about the Rays for two years now, the exact opposite happens. So in my head, Garrett Cole is going to come out. The Astros are going to move on. We're going to get an Astros-Yankees uh, ALCS. Because I believe that the Rays are totally going to win this game. I mean, that's kind of where I'm at right now. How about you? Um, I still think the Astros are likely to win. But, yeah, I mean, I, I give massive credit to the Rays. And I feel – way better about the Rays chances now than I did if you're looking at it that way. If you're a Rays fan, Verlander versus bullpen game, and even Verlander on short rest, feels a lot more of an uphill climb than Glasnow versus Cole, where you have one of your aces versus their ace, or one of their aces, I should say. You know, that the reality and also it is a different mindset when you're came when you were down 2-0 looking at this, if you're the Rays, versus it's 2-2, and you look at it and say, hey, just win one. You know, this again, this feels like a much less of an uphill climb if you're the Rays now than it did when you were then just a couple of days ago when you're the Rays and you're down 0-2 to arguably the best team in baseball. Yeah, so super impressive. You know, going out and winning game three at home uh, wasn't entirely unpredictable, but for them to jump on Justin Verlander like they did in game four, Again, I give the Rays a lot of credit. They've had some really good at-bats this entire series. Uh, well, I should say this entire series, the last two games of this series. And, yeah, you know, again, this is a team that keeps beating all the odds in, in many, many, many different ways. And 
I, I think it's a mistake to discount them. Um, but we'll see what happens. Again, you're always going to feel good about the Astros if you uh, have Garrett Cole on the mound. But stranger things have happened. The other thing I will say to wrap this up is that if the Rays do pull this off, it would be amazing that you could, coming out of the League Division Series, you could have no Dodgers, no Astros. You know, the reality is, is that there were four 100-win teams in baseball, and the Astros need to win for two of them to make it to the LCSs. So it will be fascinating to see. Obviously, if you're a Yankees fan, Yankees fans want this game, this, this, this Rays-Astros game, to go 18 like that Astros-Rays game years before because they already are getting an advantage here of everything set up, and they know that, that they're gonna, whichever team they face is going to have come out of it having had to throw everybody at it. And they came out of a series where they trailed in three games for two and a half innings total. So we will see. It'll be fascinating again today. Kyle, I know you got stuff to do today, but get some sleep too. But uh, for Kyle Glazer, I'm JJ Cooper. Thank you for the download and so long, everybody. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.